Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Thursday, August 3rd. It is Thursday, August 3rd, and we are just a few days away from 2023. August 6th. In the year of our Lord. And August 6th is significant for us. It is. It's a birthday of sorts. It is the church's birthday. Yes. Our church's birthday. Our church's birthday. We've been having contractions for the last four weeks. Now we're about to push this baby out. It's just got weird. No, yeah. it didn't. We are, great. We, are, <laughs> we are having a church um, <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, no, we man, we are excited about that, and, and it's, it's a she. It's a, it is a she because the church is a she. It's the she bride she. of that's Christ, right. the bride of Christ. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm with you on that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm, that's not ambiguous. Um, yeah, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to have a big celebration, and we hope that you're planning to join us. We're going to be there at 10 a.m. Founders Classical Academy in Frisco. Awesome, and uh, we're going to have snow cones. Will afterwards. there be clowns? No clowns. Good. I hope. I hope nobody walks out. <laughs> going, man, those guys are just a bunch of clowns. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. No clowns invited, please. No. But uh, yeah, we'll have snow cones. We're going to have cupcakes. We're going to have just a, a great time celebrating. So we're excited about that. Celebrating with our church family. Yeah, the official birth of this church. Wow. And uh, God's been good. God's been good. If you, if so you guys good. are with us here, out here, you, you know that by experience. But um, it's just been awesome to see people come to the church, people plug in, people get serving in the church. It's just, it's cool. So we're grateful for that. Super grateful. We're grateful for that. We're grateful for the word of God. And we are turning our attention to Psalm 70, 71, and 72 today. And uh, Romans 4, again, we just get the whole chapter. The whole chapter. Yeah. All right. Psalm 70. Psalm 70 here is uh, David in a tight spot, right? And he's pleading that the, that God will deliver him, which we've seen before. To do it quickly. But that, yeah, Post-haste. there's the emphasis. It's like right now, God, I need you right now. I needed you yesterday. Yeah. And I can't remember, Pastor Rod, you've uh, talked through this book more recently than I have. Uh, not a book of the Bible, but but uh, a study on Paul Miller's book, uh, A Praying Life. Yeah. And he talks about kind of these, what, what does he call them? Shotgun prayers or rifle prayers, the, the mm-hmm. quick ones that are more short and truncated. That it's sometimes when we think about praying, we're like, oh man, I I got to give 30 minutes of my time to this and I've got to have, uh, you know, I've got to focus Gregorian chants got to be going in the background. I've got my candles lit. And, um, how do you pray, man? <laughs> Is that insight into pastor PJ's prayer life? Uh, no, not, not at all. But can you speak to some of this? Like David clearly is in a tight spot where he's like, God, I need you and I need you right now. And where is there room for that in our lives as believers? So you've got only five verses in Psalm chapter 70 and notice again, you have, David saying three times, make haste, make haste, hasten to me. Verse five, he says, hurry it up, God, please, quickly. Now, there's going to be times in our lives when we don't have time to sit down and pray, turn on the candles and the music and listen to Chris Tomlin sing to us sweet, <laughs> sweet uh, songs of worship. We're just going to have to jump in there and, and give God our hearts. And I, I wonder, I suspect that most of you, if you're listening, you're probably used to it. This is probably your default prayer life. Um, there was a book written a long time ago by a guy named Brother Lawrence who was talking about practicing the presence of God. Not sure I'd recommend that to you today, but I did read it a long time ago and think, oh, that's helpful. He talked about integrating your entire life infusing it with the presence of God, always acknowledging God's here with me right now. Even as you listen to this podcast, God's available. And therefore, you can always pray and always be confident that he hears you because Christ has paid the pen- penalty for your sin. And therefore, you have access to the throne of grace whenever, however you need him. And that's the most amazing thing. Shotgun prayer, throw it up whenever you have opportunity and just know that God hears you and responds to you. I, 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 I <laughs> 
If you pop into my office on a given day of the week, you might notice me pacing. If I'm pacing, it's because I was praying. That's how I do it. I like to sit, stand up, and walk around and pace. But I mean, if you see me in my car, um, if I'm not doing voice, voice exercises, you might notice me praying as well. And that's pacing okay. in your car? No, <laughs> no pacing. Uh, I did try that. I don't have a Tesla. It didn't work out well for me. Um, you need a Sprinter van for one of those. I know. Yeah, I guess you probably should have one of those. But anyhow, shotgun prayer is always a good thing to put in your prayer life. Let it be something that you regularly practice and and get good at. Good. Even even just not necessarily in desperation, but prayers of simple gratitude too, right? Like I. I'm convicted how many times I think about how I neglect to thank God for getting me home safely or Mm. getting me to the office safely in the morning. Like I get behind the wheel of this car and I leave and it's, I just, I saw a horrible accident not long ago, right at the main intersection by my house. And it happened in my rearview mirror and I was able to flag down a police officer and he went to the, the scene right away. But it just was a reminder to me, man, we're not guaranteed for to get granted home, every day. Right. Yeah. And there, there's an opportunity for that shotgun prayer as you're pulling in the driveway and turn your car off. God, thank, thank you for getting me home today. That, that constant gratitude for him. And even dads, Amen. as you're coming home from a long day at work, you know, a, a simple prayer in the car before you get out, God help me to walk inside and be a godly husband and a godly father to my kids at home right now. Um, and, and pleading his, his grace in that again, Amen. those shotgun prayers helpful. Psalm 71. I, I might here you go. Title. For this one, ready? Okay, here we go. I'm ready. This one is a psalm for the aged. A psalm for, psalm the, for the, the ages? The aged. The aged. The older saints. The older guy. Yeah, because that's the main enemy in Psalm 71. I mean, mm. yeah, he's got foes. The older guy? It's No, it's old age. Oh, the old age is the enemy. Right. Okay. Look at verse 9. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Um, he revisits this again uh, back in... Uh, verse 18, he says, so even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me. And and so David is praying here, or the psalmist is praying. We don't know if it was David. The psalmist is praying here, and he's pleading that God would be merciful to him even in his old age and not forsake him. And he wants to be useful to the Lord. Look at verse 15. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours mm-hmm. alone. Listen, mm-hmm. if I can speak to you, if you're listening to this and you're one of our older saints, and I'm going to let you classify yourself in that one, I'm not going <laughs> to do over, that. Over the 18. Right. You have a unique ability that is yours to tell of God's faithfulness in your life, Mm -hmm. to go back over. Hey, let me encourage you and tell you all the ways God has been faithful in my life. Yeah. And, and if you see a, a believer, a fellow believer suffering, going through a trial, to come alongside that one and, and encourage them and say, I've been where you are. And let me tell you how I saw God work in my life and show grace and mercy and patience and kindness to me in my life. That's a ministry that's a viable and and valuable ministry to us in the church. Can I offer a confession? Yes. When I was younger, I used to be really annoyed when older people would tell stories about this guy or that guy or this situation, that situation. Uh, I think you just showed us that they have divine permission to do that and even an obligation to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not, I mean, yeah, so, some young kids may not know any better. And I guess fathers, mothers, it's probably our responsibility to help teach them to respect and to appreciate the, the elder stateswoman, statesmen who want to share these things. Notice in verse 18, uh, Lord, don't, don't forsake me until... There's a, there's a time marker there until, until what? Until I proclaim your might to another generation, your right. power to all those who come. You have an obligation if you're an older saint 
to share what God has done and to help instill faith and confidence in the trustworthiness of God until you take your last breath. Yeah, we're we're quite a ways away from there. We're 74, I think my math is right, 74 Psalms away from there. Um, but Psalm 145 repeats this, this same theme there when he says, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. I love that. And we need that. And so parents, whether that's you to your kids or grandparents to grandkids or grandparents to parents, whatever that is, we need to be uh, faithful with this. And, and there's a good reason for that. So Psalm 71 is an encouraging one there. Maybe you need to be a teacher, by the way. Yeah. Maybe you need to teach in your Sunday school or your kids, kids, kids ministry mid. or yeah. something like that. Maybe yeah. think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe pay attention to some commu- communication from the church this week that might mm, be coming out. I wonder. Huh. Hey, Psalm 72. Look at, we've got a new psalmist in Psalm 72. A sal- Shalomo. Shalomo. Yeah. Shalomo. Yeah. Solomon. Solomon is here and he is uh, offering up this psalm and it's a psalm that has, has caused some puzzling head scratching for some people, but I, I, I think I agree with, and Pastor Adam, I'm curious to get your point on this, the commentators that believe that this is a messianic psalm, um, even though it's not necessarily applied that way in the New Testament, it seems that Solomon is, is anticipating the, the messianic reign of Christ through this psalm. Oh, 100%. I, I, saw, I saw messianic undertones to all of this, even though, granted, you're right, uh, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily directly apply that. But even then, when it when it says of Solomon, I wondered if it was David for Solomon, mm. David praying of, of, on Solomon's behalf to ask God to establish his reign and to help him rule as a just, wise, and godly king. Right. I, you look through the descriptions here. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Um, it, it, the the descriptors of this king is uh, are, are different, and uh, and certainly they all apply in full fulfillment to Christ. When he delivers the needy, verse twelve, the poor and him who has no helper, he has pity on the weak and the needy and saves them from oppression and violence. He redeems their life. Precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. Again, this is uh, praising the king, but really praising the King of Kings, praising Jesus. That's right. Um, and it ends there. Blessed be his glorious name forever and ever, and may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Interesting note in verse 20, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are, are ended. ended. They go. But they're, but they're not. Not really. No. Because like Psalm 86, that's a, a Psalm of David. Psalm 139, that's a Psalm of David. And there's all, I think, math come <laughs> after Psalm 72. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I didn't get a mathematics degree, but I'm on the same page with you. And that lends to one of the theories about the, the book of Psalms, that the five books of Psalms are actually five separate books that were later edited together to fit to be one corpus. But there's 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 something for you to think about. I'm not sure why it says this in verse 20, but clearly it was edited. Right. And it was compiled together from separate sources. The question is why, for what purpose, where were they, how did it come together like this? Right. And you'll note there that the psalm that we'll start and tackle tomorrow, 73, begins book three. That's right. So, all right, well, let's jump to the New Testament, to Romans chapter four. You were just dying to get there, weren't you? Romans chapter four. I don't know if I was dying to get there, but this is your favorite book, isn't it? I mean, it? I like Romans a lot. I, favorite? Love it. It's your favorite. Come on. It's just be honest. It's I just We I, all know it. I do. Yeah. We it's, all know it. It's probably it's probably my favorite. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite book? Uh the whole Bible's my favorite book, you Pastor PG. <laughs> I don't know if I have one. I think I, I constantly go back to Philippians. And so I think by default it is, but I don't know. It's just one of my, it's one of the books I continue to land on. Okay. Well, that was, that was sneaky. sneaky. (laughs) It was the, it was the answer that was meant to be funny. That wasn't the real answer. And your favorite kid again, you were telling me that right before. Oh yes. My favorite kid. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well then we'll leave all of that secret. Okay. 
uh, Romans chapter four, uh, again, remember Paul was a master at anticipating objections and he continues that in four verse one, he introduces the concept of the person that would have been significant, massively significant to the Jewish people. And that is father Abraham had many sons, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There it is. Just letting it ring for a little bit for you. But he says, what should we say then was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh. So he's going to start to talk about circumcision. Uh, We won't get into the details of circumcision, mom and dad. That's up to you. If you want to jump into that with your kids, you can. But Abraham's talking about, or Paul's going to talk about circumcision as it applies to Abraham to further prove his point that justification is by faith and not by the law. The law. And really, the, what it boils down to here is the arguments that begin in verse 9 when he says, Is the blessing only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? Paul's trying to show that even Gentiles can come to faith. Even Gentiles can have access to the justification. Now, justification, we're talking forensic justification, which means to be declared in a legal sense righteous in, this, in the sight of God. That's what we're talking about here with justification. And Paul's saying that doesn't come through the law, but it comes through faith. So noted. Or note here, he says, uh, how then was it counted to, to Abraham? In other words, how was his faith counted to him as righteousness? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? The questions were when then. Right. He uses the word how, but it's more of a when. When, exactly. Right. And, and I, this is, there was not the phrase mic drop in Paul's day, but I feel like this is kind of the, the nail in the coffin argument for him in so many ways with the Jews. This is the mic drop moment because they, they have no choice but to, to say what the scripture says, which is that he was justified before he was circumcised. Right. It was before the law. And so Paul goes so far and so hard after that. He says this was the purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well. And to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but also walk in the footsteps of faith. So Paul's argument here is it's not about the law. That's what he's been arguing here. It's not about obedience. It's he's continuing to, to bat back the, the Jewish focus on the observance of the law. And as Pastor Rod noted yesterday, the, the different categories of the law, but he's, he's making this point. Abraham's justified by faith before the act of circumcision, before this covenant sign, which means that he's the father of all those who would have faith, whether they're part of the covenant people of Israel or outside the covenant people of Israel. That's right. And we don't really struggle with this a whole lot today, at least not in the same way. But make no mistake, this is still at the heart of most cults. The justification by works. Mm-hmm. And so I, I recently heard a podcast about the Shinchonji movement, cults, and, and on how they continue to grow. Um, and one of the guys who recently came out of it was lamenting, why don't more churches prepare Christians to be on guard against some of the errors of these cultic movements? And I, I think that's a fair accusation. I, don't, I can't speak to every church. But certainly at this one, we want to empower you with the words of Scripture to be on guard against some of these heresies, which still walk around today. They look different. They wear nice white shirts and, and name tags, and, and they, they're clean cut. They look really pleasing on the outside. But every false religion will always come at you with this, this enticement. Hey, earn your salvation. Do it by works and not by faith in Christ. This is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. You're exactly right. Now, in keeping with what I, I preached on this last Sunday from First Corinthians, right, that, that God chose what is foolish in the world's eyes to shame the wise. And it, it says there that no one might, might boast in his sight. 
And so if anyone is preaching to you a gospel that gives you any grounds to boast, in other words, that you are obedient enough or that you are even on the backside, sometimes as Christians, I I think we get into this mindset that we need to prove that God made a good investment in us when he saved us. Mm -hmm. And so we need to kind of merit it in reverse. We'll say, yeah, I was saved by grace alone through faith alone, but then we feel like we have to go back and back pay our salvation (laughs) to show that, well, God made a good investment when he signed me to his team, so to speak. And that's, that's just a total perversion of grace. And that's a total perversion of what he is doing and what happens. Look at verse 16. It depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on, here it is, grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. God's design is to get all of the glory in the salvific process. And this is what he's after here. The law, what's it there to do? It's there to reveal our sinfulness. It's there to reveal that we are objects of the wrath of God, like Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. Grace is there to reveal God's plan to overcome that sinfulness. And it has nothing nothing to do with our efforts. It has everything to do with the merit of Jesus. What function does the law play post-conversion then? So before Christ, we recognize that the law does function to condemn us. As chapter 3 said, it serves to shut our mouths from justifying ourselves. Now that we're in Christ as Christians— how do we understand the law? Well, I think Paul comments on the law later in the, the book of Romans when he introduces this new concept of the law, and that is the law of Jesus, right? The law of love, the, the law that is, is now at work within us, which I think is primarily what Jesus summed up in Matthew's gospel as the two most important commandments of the law, which is to love God and love others. And so in that sense, are we still under obligation to the law? I would say yes, as it relates to us needing to love God with everything that we are and then to love one another as ourselves. And certainly that's going to imply or apply some of the Old Testament commandments will still be active and and relevant in our lives today. Do not murder. Okay. It's a pretty good way for you to love your neighbor by not murdering. Don't murder your neighbor. Right. All right. But the law, do not boil a, a goat in its mother's milk. That one's not really helping me love God more or love my neighbor more or wearing blended materials in my clothing, polyester, things like that. Is that helping me love God more or love my neighbor more? I think no. There's some laws that were for Israel only that today as a church we go, okay, those those have been set aside, um, fulfilled in Christ still, but, but set aside is no longer uh, beholden to the church. So the law still plays a function in the life of the church. It's just not going to work the same way that it did for Israel. Right. And it does have a distinct role before Christ and after Christ. Before Christ, the law serves to shut your mouth and to condemn you, to bring conviction. Post-Christ, you're now freed to fulfill the law as you're called to, not as a slave being judged by that by that law, but now being freed by the work of Christ and through the Spirit of Christ to fulfill what the, real, the law really intended to do. Faith in, in this passage, again, I mentioned if you've got your pen, you've got your highlighter, whatever it may be, just circling how many times, even just in Romans 4, there's so many times in Romans 4, faith, belief comes up here. And I love the way that, that it really unpacks Abraham's faith here in towards the end of chapter 4 and verse 19. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. This is the promise that he would have a, a, a child with Sarah. Um, but he goes on there, it says there, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver considering the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. I like that definition, verse 21. That, yeah, exactly. That's faith that we, we don't, we're not thrown by what the, the world says is going to be the logical outcome of things. We're not thrown by what our circumstances may dictate would be the logical out, outcome of things, but we're going to choose to, despite all those things, trust in, in God and in his glory and believe that he's going to fulfill his promises. And the ultimate fulfillment is by delivering us 
from the 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 world and the the broken bodies that we inhabit right now into his presence in 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 and through the fullness of our our salvation amen verse 25 it says that jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and look at this here raised for our justification resurrection the resurrection plays a critical role in who we are as the people of god if it were not for the resurrection of christ we would have no salvation all of first corinthians 15 yeah all right chapter four in the books that was impressively short yes that well and I'm, I'm trying to bank some credit because we've got chapter five and the whole concept of sin in Adam and the second Adam and how sin spread and how did we all sin in Adam? That's tomorrow. First 30 minute podcast. Yep. Uh, easily. <laughs> Probably. Easily. Oh, I don't know about okay, easily. Prepare. Hey, if you can listen to us on double speed, that might be a good, I recommend the pocket cast app. I, I, Pastor PJ, I think you use overcast. I do. Um, I, I've looked at our stats and I know most of you guys use the Apple podcast app, which is fantastic. It's a great app. But some of the third-party apps do this really cool thing where it can actually shorten the pauses between sentences and breaths so that it becomes one long stream of conscious or not uh, consciousness. Um, it becomes <laughs> stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness no talking. <laughs> We're just like it takes out the silences, which is actually quite helpful when you're just trying to listen to the content and and it's it's great. So yeah. Pocket Cast, Overcast, those are both the apps that we use. Even though most of you guys use Spotify or the other one, they're great. Recommend those. And, and double speed is great. If you are listening currently at, at one speed, work your way up. Work your way up. Because <laughs> if you jump do from it. one to double speed, you will it's sit there much. and go, I, I can't, can't understand follow anything. It. So start most of these apps, you can go to like 1.2, 1.5, 1.7, 2.5, 2, yeah. 3. Do you listen at 3 to some? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some people talk so slowly you can do 3 easily. Other people talk so fast that it's just impossible to do that. It depends told, on the person. I've been told preaching that I talk too fast, just normal speed. So I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. About you. Right. Yeah. Well, so maybe <laughs> for those of you in that camp, don't listen to me on double speed. But maybe um, cut out the silences though. That would be okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But figure out a way you can work your way up and, and then you can take in more content, which That's is right. Great. So more we're glad that you're podcast. Yeah. We're glad that you're taking in this content and we hope to see you or hear you or you hear to us again tomorrow for another episode. <laughs> of the Daily Bible Podcast. What did you even say? I can't even understand. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.